Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to this week's episode of Pod's Own Country, the politics podcast from the Yorkshire Post. My name is Caitlin Doherty and I am your Westminster correspondent. This week we are going to be taking a bit of a closer look at what has possibly been the biggest story for our region in the last week or so, the government's announcement on the future of the railways. The integrated rail plan, which was finally made public last Thursday, confirmed that for now the eastern leg of HS2 between the Midlands and Leeds has been scrapped and plans for Northern Powerhouse Rail, a project uh, that was designed to connect northern cities by quicker rail, has been dramatically scaled back. Given the government's promises to level up and the regional disparities in public transport across the country, the plan sparked a variety of reactions. And while there are a section of people who are pretty happy to hear from the government on this, there was also a notable groundswell of anger and disappointment among a large number of MPs across the north and among other political figures. This week, I spoke to Conservative MP for Thurscombe Moulton and co-chair of the all-party parliamentary group for Yorkshire and North Lincolnshire, Kevin Hollinrake, who shared his disappointment about Bradford being missed out and called on the government to spend a little bit more cash taking a look at the Northern Powerhouse rail plants. But before that, here is Chris Byrne, our political editor, giving us a rundown of another element of this tale, the role and influence of Transport for the North. The board of the body, which oversees, funnily enough, transport across the north of England met for the first time since the announcement in Leeds this week. It's the same week which also saw some of their powers handed back to Westminster in what Labour have labelled a Whitehall power grab. I hope you enjoy this episode and as ever, please get in touch if you think there is anything that we should be taking a look at. Chris Byrne is uh, with me here and I think Transport for the North, Chris, this is a whole other element of this rail story that um, I think has sort of not necessarily come out of nowhere, but people may not be as well acquainted with. Um, Obviously, last week we had all of the attention on the Commons and the reaction from the MPs and the mayors. What is Transport for the North and why are they important in this? So Transport for the North um, are kind of as an equivalent of transport for london but basically a lot less powerful equivalent um and they were involved they effectively put forward the plan for northern powerhouse rail that in theory was going to be connected up to the full hs2 leg to to Leeds, which obviously hasn't happened but their plan was for um northern powerhouse rail to run from liverpool to hull up to newcastle down to sheffield uh, and basically improve connections between all of these places. And the kind of the centrepiece would have been a full new rail line between Leeds and Manchester via Bradford. Now, what the government announced last week wasn't that. Um, they basically announced half a, new, uh, half a new line, effectively, between 
Leeds and Manchester, well, not in between Leeds and Manchester, between Warrington and Marsden, which is on the outskirts of Yorkshire, that would then join onto existing track. Um, and basically, transport for the north um, were supposed to be, or were up to this point, basically um, a co-client with the Department for Transport, which effectively means that they were jointly responsible for the d- delivery of Northern Powerhouse Rail. Now, what happened on the same day that the integrated rail plan was published, and obviously everyone was focused on that, was that Department for Transport told um, TFN, Transport for the North, that um, you guys are no longer going to be jointly responsible for delivering um, the project. You're going to be an advisor. So they basically, in very simple terms, downgraded their status um, and that the DFT, the, effectively the government, effectively Whitehall, are going to lead the way and TFN will be able to chip in with suggestions. But how seriously or otherwise that, that gets taken will obviously be down to government. So um, they're still trying to work out the implications of that um, and what that means going forward, basically. I imagine on an initial level, it's not gone down too well. So... One thing that I found interesting, and I haven't been able to get to the bottom of yet, was when the rail plans were announced last week, Transport for the North described them quite strongly, in quite strong terms, as woefully inadequate. And I'm not quite clear whether <laughs> whether that woefully inadequate description happened before or after they'd received a letter telling them they weren't getting any more powers. Either way, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, it's fair to say that it hasn't gone down well. It's been raised in Parliament. The government's position is, well, this is basically a technical change. Um, I think it's fair to say that those at TFN and the politicians that kind of sit on the board um, and advise TFN um, up here aren't convinced of that. The board met for the first time um, on Wednesday, didn't they, since since the announcement and since this alteration in in their powers what happened there who was there who who has said what and where does it look like we're going forward from here so the tfn board is made up of business leaders tfn officials and uh kind of effectively powerful northern politicians people like the mayors like andy burnham tracy brabin dan jarvis um and there's kind of cross-party representation um and Basically, the vast majority of yesterday's meeting was dedicated to their response to the integrated rail plan, and they pointed out that the technical details haven't yet been published. Um, but there was the, there was basically a litany of complaints about how poor this plan was and what a disappointment it was. Kind of the only dissenting voice to that was the North Yorkshire um, representative the Tory councillor Don McKenzie, who actually said, who basically accused his colleagues of some political grandstanding with and well-rehearsed speeches with what they were saying. And he said that as far as he was concerned, there were some positives in the plan. However, um, basically he went on to back what was Andy Burnham's suggestion as kind of a constructive way forward for TFN, which was to go back to the government, ask for, for new talks and suggest that there could be some kind of form of local contribution towards meeting the gap between 
between what's been announced and what TFN hoped for this full Northern Powerhouse rail network. Um, and he kind of, he put forward something that I must admit that I hadn't heard of before yesterday, which is something called land value capture. And it's used in places like Hong Kong. And it's basically based on the idea that um, you tax the landowners along the proposed route because their land will go up a lot in value um, towards the costs. Now, I pressed Andy Burnham on this and the other mayors afterwards because the gap between um, what the government announced, which is basically £17 billion worth of investment, and what the original, the kind of the full fat Northern Powerhouse route, which was £42 billion, the gap between that is £25 billion. And I pressed them on, well, is that really going to kind of fill the gap? And the answers weren't like amazingly convincing. So I, I don't know whether the government will kind of have to meet them in the middle with that. But basically the DFT then came back after and the, after the motion was passed and backed by everyone, including Council McKenzie, um, the DFT came back and said they're kind of in theory happy to listen to the proposal as long as it's realistic and costed. So effectively the ball's now back in transport for the North's court to come up with to come up with plans that that kind of meet that and tfn have said that they're working on that so we will see what comes of it but basically tfn are trying to get um and the politicians up here who are part of the board are trying to get um the government back around the table on this is there any possibility and for what you were saying there about um land value taxes and things like that we're not looking at any possibility here are we of um an extra tax or maybe an increase in council tax or other forms of contributions in order to pay for this are we so andy burnham was asked that question directly by another reporter yesterday and he said no um but obviously we we're yet to see the detail this is just an idea at this stage who you know firstly they're gonna have to see whether the government would go for this this land value idea how much it would actually raise, whether the government would meet the gap from central funding, whether there'd be a different way of doing it. We, we just don't know at this stage, I think it's fair to say. And um, possibly uh, the big unknowable, but um, where do you think we go from here? What happens next? Is this going to be something that carries on for a long time or are we looking for another explosion in this partly, possibly within the new year? I think Tracy Braven said something really interesting yesterday. Um, she's basically said the government needs to rethink the integrated rail plan or in 10 years' time, there'll be a, a need for another integrated rail plan, effectively because this one's so inadequate. Um, so I think in answer to your question, this isn't going away anytime soon. If the government... I, I get the feeling that this is the beginning of a long battle. And I think that the integrated rail plan as it stands is, okay, the government's position is it's a done deal to a certain extent, but I can see this kind of being a live issue for a while. I don't think this is like settled at all. Thank you so much. That was all uh, really insightful. That was Chris Byrne, the political editor at the Yorkshire Post. 
I am here with Kevin Hollimrake, who is one of the chairs of the all-party parliamentary group for Yorkshire and North Lincolnshire. Thank you so much for um, speaking to us today. You're welcome. I think, well, firstly, on a basis level, um, what, what, what did you think of the rail plan last week obviously it was um slightly later than we were than we were all an- anticipating but what did you think of the ideas that were in there well clearly some good stuff i mean 96 billion pounds of taxpayers money invested into rail networks which is uh, in historic terms uh is an historic move so fantastic and some good things in there um some new high speed lines all the way through to manchester of course uh from so go for the hs2 will go from London to Birmingham to Manchester, which is good, and part of the way up um, up the eastern leg as well, uh, HS two B East, um, going to a new East Midlands Parkway station. Doesn't complete the rest of the journey at this point in time, all the way to Leeds, which is a bit of a disappointment. Um, but there is some money to look at the feasibility of that still, so that's not dead in the water. Um, the biggest disappointment. Uh, there's some good stuff, but a lot of money being spent in the north, east west, upgrading the the Trans-Pennine route, which is long overdue. So a real speeding of the journey between Leeds and Manchester, which is great. So just under an hour down to about 33 minutes, which is great. <clears throat> the disappointing bit was that we had expected Northern Powerhouse Rail would be a completely new line that connects Leeds directly to Bradford, directly to Manchester. And that would have been revolutionary, transformational transformational in terms of economic, the, uh, the local economy the northern economy so that's not going to happen as is drafted now so instead uh, the bradford lead section is going to be improved so people from bradford really their fastest route will be to go to manchester via leeds which isn't very efficient in many ways and misses a big e- economic opportunity for bradford so that's the bit particularly i'd like the government to look at i, look, I asked a question again on it in the house today really connecting Bradford directly to Manchester. It's already connected directly, but it takes 55 minutes as a minimum to get from Bradford to Manchester. It's only 40 miles. Um, so really, we want to have that journey time at least, so it's more like 20, 25 minutes. Um, so I'd like the government to look again at that and improve that Bradford-Manchester connectivity to make that journey much more efficient, effective, increased capacity, which would really be good for Manchester, Leeds, Bradford and the entire north. Bradford really seems to be a little bit of a sticking point at the moment and obviously you've you've been a conservative MP since um since 2015 Bradford is is a labor area. Do you feel there's any anger do you feel any anger on this from a party perspective? I mean obviously the conservatives took whole swathes of seats across across the North of England, including in some parts of Yorkshire, in 2019, and a lot was made of of these promises? Or are we in a completely different world now, given given that we've gone through the pandemic and the purse strings that little bit tighter? Well, it's taxpayers' money, and we've spent half a trillion pounds worth of it uh, over COVID, the COVID crisis. So you, you can't say that we can't don't have to look at that and try and make savings uh, when it, where possible to save the taxpayer money. Um I mean, yes, of course, some members of parliament are concerned that this isn't being delivered as expected in terms of Northern Paris Rail, a completely new route, um, taking into account Bradford, which was never actually directly promised by the Prime Minister in terms of Bradford itself. But nevertheless, everybody was kind of had the 
understanding that would be a completely new line as well as the Transpennine route. So, um, but really, as well as getting value for money for the taxpayer, there's two sides to that coin. And what you don't want is are false economies. Now, if you don't invest in this Leeds, Bradford, Manchester route, yes, you'd save some money. You save, I think, somewhere between two and four billion pounds. But in the context of things, I think that money will be returned many times over by making that directly connecting Bradford with Manchester and Leeds with this 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 improved route. So, so yes, a saving in the short term, economic cost in the long term, because that would create lots of jobs, lots of new businesses start up on the back of it, regeneration of Bradford Station and then the city centre, which is really in need of in terms of reinvestment, private sector investment. You just got to see what's happened at King's Cross. Anybody who's travelled to London, King's Cross used to be a, like a bus station. It wasn't a very attractive place, um, a station, big redevelopment of that with St Pancras, the huge amount of money that's been invested in King's Cross on the back of it. So you see Google buildings, office buildings everywhere, come, um, retail, new retail, new restaurant, hospitality, all that kind of stuff. Huge amount of money comes into the area on the back of it. And we'd like to see exactly the same for Bradford. I mean, I mean Bradford isn't directly connected with my constituency of Thurscombe Moulton, of course, but it is very connected to the wider northern economy. And to make the North more prosperous as a whole, you need to connect it together more effectively. And simply connecting Bradford uh, more efficiently to uh, Manchester by going through Leeds, A, creates a bottleneck, has capacity issues, and is not the most efficient way of doing it. So, again, I think an extra two, three, four billion pounds on top of the 96 billion pounds that the government's promised to invest in rail infrastructure is all it would take, I think, to really you know, present a much more effective solution to the problem. Um, There was an interesting point there about the economy and, excuse me, um, there was an interesting point there about the economy. And I was just wondering whether you have any thoughts about, like you said, Bradford isn't connected to your constituency at all. You're you're in North Yorkshire. Do you ever feel like these discussions are centred when we talk about levelling up the North and, um, you know, rejuvenating northern economies are we too focused on you know leeds and manchester rather than you know the millions of other other people and the millions of other projects that are elsewhere across the regions and how do we sort of level that out yeah well i think we are at times i mean leeds and manchester are our you know two of our key northern cities and we should be very proud of them and we want them to be prosperous um but we, i don't think york or north york should, should sit in the shadows of those cities i think we York has a wonderful city. Uh, it deserves deserving of investment in its own right. But to be fair, the exactly what the integrated rail plan did, it wasn't just about Leeds and Manchester. It was about connecting them to Liverpool, up into York, up into Newcastle. It was all those things as well. So um, it's not just about those three key West Yorkshire cities, or West Yorkshire and obviously a city in Greater Manchester uh, on the other side of the Pennines. Um, it's about the whole of the north. But it's very good for York and North Yorkshire, which is my key constituency uh, in North Yorkshire, if Leeds is prosperous, if Bradford, Bradford's prosperous, if Manchester is prosperous, because it means you can get a train from York uh, or Thirsk into uh, into those cities, which there are job opportunities, business opportunities, um, and which are bound to have a direct effect on some constituents, but also a ripple effect into, into parts of North Yorkshire as the whole northern economy becomes more prosperous. It means more jobs, it means 
better paid jobs, uh, and it means new business opportunities, new intimate investment. So that's how it all kind of works together. It's called the agglomeration effect, economists call it. It's connecting the whole of the North together in the way that London's connected together, of course, very effectively, which is why London is two and a half times more productive in terms of output per capita than the Northeast. So that's what we want, because that means prosperity too. Um, we are nearly a week on now um, from the final announcement of the Integrated Rail Plan, and it certainly looks like something that's going to be uh, rumbling for some time to come. Um, your APPG, the All-Party Parliamentary Group, put out a statement uh, last week when the um, announcement was made, um, writing to the Transport Secretary, asking for some communication um, a, have you had any of that communication yet? And B, what do you as a group of MPs from across the Commons do do from here? Is there anything that you can do or is there anything that you would, would like to see going forward? Yeah, there's lots. Of, no, we haven't had a formal response to that yet, but it's very early days, so I wouldn't expect one at this point in time. But I, I clearly I've spoken to transport ministers um, behind the scenes and, and you know, in, in terms of key people with connections to number 10 as well. And um, so so this isn't dead in the water by any stretch. Um, there'd have to be legislation brought brought forward, I understand, a hybrid bill to talk about what we're doing in the, across the Northern Powerhouse. So that's an opportunity for uh, people like myself to make um, representations about this additional investment we think we need. Um, and we've got a good number of members of parliament who think similarly they want to really see movement in this area. So apart from that, it's just about persistence. You know, it's just about keeping, uh, knocking at the door, making the case, be constructive. So there's no point in saying, oh my God, this is crime foul. The government's investing a huge amount of taxpayers' money here. It's just that we want some additional uh, 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 additional monies for some key projects that we think has been, is a short-term measure that have a lot of long-term economic consequences that should be avoided. So uh, we just keep at it, basically. We make the case in a positive way, positive case for investment. This isn't about the North just crying, oh, we haven't got enough money. It's about the really positive economic case for this investment in this Leeds, Bradford, Manchester connectivity route. Because that route, of course, it would be very quick, very efficient, increased capacity. It would also mean less disruption on the existing lines as they're upgraded but also would mean those lines would then connect into the rest of the northern network, into York, into Thursk, into, into Liverpool, into Hull, all these different communities, which is good for the entirety of the north. If you um, keep knocking on that door, do you think you're going to get the cash? Yes. Have you got faith that you'll get the yes, cash? Yes, I do, actually. You know, I think the Prime Minister has been very ambitious. Uh, understandably, there's got to be some checks and balances put in place to make sure we're getting value for money. But I think... I think the case can be well made and we need to keep making it. And uh, I think um, so as long as we can demonstrate input in terms of investment versus output in terms of revenue to the exchequer for jobs and businesses, I think we can we can have a realistic expectation of getting some additional money. The government actually has put £100 million aside for feasibility studies into other parts of the network mainly around HS2 into Leeds. But I think we should use some of that to look at this particular route as well and see how we can do it more cost-effectively. Kevin Hollinrake, thank you very much for joining us. That's thank been very, very insightful.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Pod Zone Country. If you have any topics you think we should be covering or any stories you think that we should be digging into, please get in touch with me over email on caitlin.doherty at jpress.co.uk. I'll speak to you next week. <laughs>